Goeiemorgen, dit is uh, Happening Radio, dit is vrijdagochtend die 11e maart 2022, dit is die Business Brand Show, dit is Frikkie Harms, ek staan vanochtend in Verlinda Lemon, en dit vanochtend uh, show is soos gewoonlik op een vrijdagochtend gaan oor Human Trafficking en ons, ons gesels met uh, Tersha de Klerk van die Joseph Movement oor dit. As jylle saam met ons wil praat, of jy ons enige boodskap jy wil stuur, ons uh, WhatsApp nommer is 071-233-5705, uh, jylle kan vir ons kyk op uh, uh, Twitch TV, en daar kan jylle ook vir ons, Twitch TV forward slash happening radio, en daar kan jylle ook vir ons boodskapie stuur, um, en dan, uh, ons is beskikbaar op al die social media channels, dus uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, en daar kan jylle soek vir Happening Radio, Happening Media, uh, Helderberg Happening, Cape Town Happening, Winelands Happening, Overberg Happening, West Coast Happening, and soon to be another Happening coming. Um, Morgen, Tersha. Morgen, Frikkie. Dit is so lekker om by jou te wees in die studio. Dis hy, ons het nou die telefoon gesels en baie interessant gevind, ja. en uh, vanochtend het hulle die voorrag om met jou persoonlijk te gesels hier in die studio, en ons het a, uh, iemand met wie jy gaan praat, Liesel, Liesel Pretorius, een prokureer. Dit is recht, so Liesel is by Cause for Justice, sy is een prokureer, so Liesel Pretorius is an attorney that um, works with Cause for Justice, and she has a passion for social justice and advocacy when it comes to law and policy reform. Um, and also she is a program coordinator for what we call KSSA, um, which is the Center Against Sexual Exploitation South Africa. So we actually want to speak to her this morning about not just human trafficking, but the whole issue around the prostitution argument. Yes, yes. Because we currently have on the table government that's opening arguments around the topic of possibly um, legalizing uh, mm, prostitution. Mm, mm. So in other words, a complete uh, decriminalization of prostitution and um, organizations such as KCSA and the Joseph Movement and so many others that are part of the um, National Freedom Network mm. um, within South Africa really need to stand together and raise our voices um, to make people aware, not just civil society, but government, the key yes, people yes, who are making yes, these decisions, yeah. aware of what is truly happening behind closed doors when it comes to prostitution, um, pornography, etc. Mm. Because we have so many testimonies and so many uh, people who advocate against um, prostitution and pornography saying, yeah. you know, I am a survivor of the system. Mm. I was there. And these are the various abuses that I had to go through. Yeah. So that is what we need to um, discuss this morning. Oh, that's lovely. I think without any further ado, we're going to try and get Liesel on the line. And then we're going to speak to her about this very, very, very important topic, which we need to, people need to know about and we need to keep hammering, keeping attention on this. Yes, that's right. It's so important because, you know, there is this argument from so many organizations such as SWIT, for instance, who actually support women that are in the system of prostitution. However, they are not opening up the reality of the abuses that happen within the system. And that is very important. And also what... um, what Lisa will touch on, I believe, is she would reveal sexual exploitation that happens within that industry. Yeah. Okay, I see uh, Lisa is not answering, so I just want to let her know, just in case she doesn't know. That's perfect. That it's us. Um, Yes, she is waiting for the call, so... 
Perhaps we can try again. Okay. Right, there we yes. go again. Okay, so while we're waiting for Liesl, um, I think I would like to actually share a bit more about um, just uh, her biography. You know, she she is a young lady, um, although an, a qualified attorney, mm. um, very, very, very wise and very well spoken. Um, and within, you know, cases A, where she is a program coordinator, she's very committed to um, prevention and the eradication of all forms of sexual exploitation. And you know, Fricky, when it comes to human trafficking, from what we know, only 2% of victims ever get saved. And that is also one reason why mm. we believe so strongly about um, prevention, you know, educating yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and that is also also Casey's A's heart, most definitely. Yeah. Are we still struggling to get hold of her? Yes, I sent a, a message to say it's happening radio, but she okay. hasn't read it yet and she's not answering. Okay, that's perfect. I think you and I can continue the conversation. Um, I think one of the most important factors that um, we need to touch on is, you know, when it comes to human trafficking, mm. we, in most of my conversations, when I speak to people about human trafficking, it's like, yes, it's terrible about the kids that go missing from schools. And yeah, yeah. there's a story that's making the rounds, you know, of a container that was found that was maybe shipped across the borders, etc. Yeah, yeah. Those are the pictures that people think about when it comes to human trafficking. Mm, mm. And one can't blame them because that is what mainstream media often pushes because yes, yes. it is interesting and, you know, it, it stirs emotion. That's it. However, with human trafficking, it is so much wider. We have so many forms or faces of human trafficking. Mm, mm. Uh, for example, you have um, a domestic servitude, which is very prevalent in South Africa, where a victim comes across as a domestic worker, but they are living in very harsh circumstances. Yes, yes. Um, they suffer either physical or emotional abuse. And they also are paid like a ridiculously um, small wage yeah, or sometimes yeah. no wage no whatsoever. Wage yeah, yeah. Then we also have um, baby harvesting, which not too long ago was also opened up um, in mainstream media about the babies that went missing. And that is something that is also very prevalent. I think I'm phoning you. That is something that's very, very prevalent. Um, and we have to make sure that, you know, people are far better informed. And especially those that come from the disadvantaged areas. Yeah, yeah. We have actually found that a lot of the baby harvesting are happening um, with black African ladies. Mm, mm. And they are often told that your baby didn't survive the birth. Mm. And in many cases, those that are actually expecting multiple babies, they are told that um, one, two or more, depending on how many babies there were, mm. did not survive. Yeah, yeah. So. We also therefore see that a lot of the human trafficking happens within South Africa from from the rural areas yes. into urban areas. So it's mostly the rural people that are obviously the more vulnerable and they are being targeted. Um, besides that, we also have uh, forced begging. We see so mm, many children mm, and mm. so many yeah. women that um, beg on the corners or at traffic lights, etc. 
Now, we're not saying that all of them are being exploited, that, that, yeah, but no. we're saying that many of them are being yeah, exploited. It happens. it happens. Yes. So what we try and encourage is, you know, if you see a person or a family, it's mostly women, a woman with a child or a woman yeah. with multiple children, or it's just a group of kiddies. Now, we obviously tend to think that they are just being naughty. Mm. But in so many cases, they are actually forced to be there because yeah. if they go back to the traffickers without money or food, there is some form of punishment. Mm. So that is also a form of human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm, what I'm trying to explain is that we need to be more aware and know exactly yes, what does human trafficking look yeah, like in order to identify it it's, it's much wider than than sex trafficking or child trafficking exactly or it's, a, it's a much wider area that's right i'm going to try and get liesel now again okay wonderful uh, it thank was you not liesel's fault if you're listening liesel it wasn't your fault it was my <laughs> fault i actually dialed tasha i think <laughs> i think i, I thought I, I don't know no. why no problem. I'm sure we'll get through now. Good morning. Hello, Hello. Liesl. Can you hear us How clearly? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Wonderful. Liesl, we have actually... I'm here. Yes, we can hear you. We have actually already introduced you. Um, everyone listening okay. knows that... Um, you're a qualified and active lawyer with a cause for justice, that you're also a program coordinator with KCSA, and where your passion lies, um, Fricky and I have just been touching on um, human trafficking and the various faces of human trafficking. But we want today, want to focus on sexual exploitation and especially the arguments around uh, prostitution. So, Liesl, can I ask you, can you please explain to us what exactly is sexual exploitation? Certainly, Tasha. Um, sexual exploitation, if we want to have a nice working definition, it's when somebody, when a person takes part in a sexual activity, it could be any sexual activity, and they do it in exchange for something else. So there's some gain or benefit or promise of such gain or benefit. It can be financial. It can be something else. Um, and, then, and then they get engage in the sexual activity with another person or perhaps with themselves or, <laughs> other, um, yeah, or another person so that they can get that gain. So there's this mm. commercial element to it. Yes. And tell me, we are now in um, Human Rights Month. And we've always said that, you know, when it comes to se sexual exploitation, it is without a doubt a human rights violation. And that is something that you also often emphasize. Can you just elaborate on that for us, please, Liesl? Absolutely. Um, our South African constitution has some core founding values that inform the rights of the constitution and these are human dignity equality and freedoms and there was a constitutional court case um, state versus jordan and in that case the court was asked to consider whether the criminalization of prostitution was a human rights infringement but what the court actually found was that no prostitution because it's commodification of the human body because it is sexual exploitation that is a human rights infringement because sexual exploitation and the commodification of the human body is at odds with the inherent human dignity that is afforded to the human body. So, yes, definitely sexual exploitation is a grave human rights violation. Liesl, are you there still? Yes. Okay. No, that's <laughs> fine. We just, we just um, lost you there for a second. Okay, wonderful. Oh I just, I missed the last part. I do apologize for that, but I know that you um, have all of this under control. Okay, so um, thank you for explaining to us what um, the human rights violation is with regards to sexual exploitation. And then 
you know, Fricky and I were talking earlier and I was explaining the different faces of human trafficking and how, you know, it is not only um, a lot of people think, you know, sexual exploitation um, or, you know, people that are abducted and they are used for sexual favors um, or a child that's being abducted from school, etc. But it's so much wider than that. Mm. Can you explain to us when it comes to sex trafficking, what is that exactly? Sex trafficking, um, from a legal perspective, mm. you will find a definition in the combating of um, the Prevention and Combating of Trafficking in Persons Act. We just call it the Trafficking in Persons Act for short. Yeah. Um, and in terms of that act, trafficking in persons is when any is any person who delivers, recruits, transports, transfers, harbors, sells, exchanges, lease, leases, receives. So it's a mm. long list of another person yes. within or across the borders of mm. the republic. Mm. So it's a it's a myriad of things that a person could do. It's it can happen locally. Some people have this idea that's always across a border. Yes. Um, you can be trafficked locally. You can be trafficked in your own house. Mm. If somebody you know either delivers or recruits or transports, I, I um, mentioned that list of things um, for the purposes of basically for receiving some kind of reward for 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 that for your sexual exploitation, and in that process you are abused. Um, or you are um, kind of forced into that sexual exploitation because there's a threat of harm, there's a f use of coercion, there's abuse of vulnerability, fraud, deception, can yeah. include abduction and kidnapping, as you said, there's yeah. an abuse of power. So if mm. you've got those elements, then you need to know that you're probably looking at it as, as a sex trafficking situation. Yes, wonderful. And then tell me, let's now touch on prostitution. Because we know that there's a very strong link there between sex trafficking and prostitution. Can you explain to us what is prostitution and what is that link then between prostitution and sex trafficking? Certainly. Um, it's very interesting to note um, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Trafficking in Persons actually said that Many, many instances of prostitution, if you look at what happens in that prostitution, satisfies the definition of sex trafficking. So there's an overlap. In South Africa, prostitution or the acts of prostitution from the supplier's side, so that is what the prostitute is, person in prostitution is doing to the demand side, that's the buyer, mm. um, is, is criminalized in terms of legislation. Mm. We have the Sexual Offences Act and then we have the Criminal Law Sexual Offences and Related Matters Act. But basically what prostitution is, is the buying and selling of sexual acts and related activities. Yeah. Um, and, and a person in prostitution, in terms of the African law, is, a person, is an adult person, so that's a person 18 years or older, who voluntarily offers or provides sexual services for financial or other reward or favor of compensation. Yeah. But here's where it overlaps with trafficking. Some people, on one level you might say, this person entered prostitution voluntarily. Mm. But what is the quality of that voluntary choice? Because we know, mm. the research has shown, that many people enter prostitution because they face dire socioeconomic circumstances. So it's sometimes, you know, the best of the worst options. Yeah. What is the quality of that choice? And as we, we spoke about the Trafficking in Persons Act, that, that act refers to, it has a definition of abuse of vulnerability, and it speaks about socioeconomic circumstances and substance abuse. That is ubiquitous when you're looking at prostitution situations, according to researchers and people working with that on the ground. Yeah. So, so that draws a lot of prostitution into trafficking because even if you might say, well, on one level, this is a person who voluntarily engages in prostitution, their circumstances in a way force them because it's a socioeconomic survival strategy. If they had other options, they would not be there. Yes, exactly. That is a very... Um very big eye-opener and I hope that our listeners are thinking through what you are saying so in other words we are saying that prostitution is without a doubt harmful 
Absolutely. Is that right? Yes, prostitution is linked with so many kinds of harms. Mm -hmm. There's an extremely high risk of experiencing, for example, physical violence. This includes assault, rape and murder, also psychological trauma. Levels of PTSD amongst persons in prostitution um, is in incredibly high. Prostitution is also intrinsically linked to racism, sexism, yes. class prejudice, because it, it, it preys on the most vulnerable of socioeconomic classes. And mm. in, in South African context, we know, you know, typically who are the most vulnerable classes, you know, who are the people who have historic disadvantage, etc. Um, and where, where those issues in our society lie that we need to sort out and pay attention to. And it's horrible. It's horror upon horror. And prostitution yeah. is also linked to social stigma and isolation. Um, and yeah, preys on the economically mar marginalized and vulnerable. So it's, it's really yes. a predatory thing, prostitution. And these harms, it's very important to note that it's not a, the specific legal regime that causes the harms of prostitution. The harms are inherent in the prostitution itself. So yes. wherever prostitution takes place, mm. those harms will be irrespective of what the law is. And that's why from a legal perspective, if something is so harmful to a person and they're basically being forced into it because they're at a serious disadvantage, you can't really legalize, you know, give the legal nod to that kind of exploitation. Um, because what happens in prostitution is a, a person, when you commodify yourself, when you sell your body, it's in, it, that person's body is being treated as a thing. And people are not things. People cannot be sold. Human beings have dignity. And that is not how we treat a person that has dignity, and that dignity is inherent in every person. Mm. Um, so that links to the severe psychological trauma that, that, and, and the violence that the people, persons in prostitution experience. Right. Uh, Liesel, this is Fricky. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Fricky. <laughs> um, I, I hear what you're saying there now, and, and this, uh, Tasha and I spoke earlier about uh, this legalization that they want to legalize prostitution now. And mm. now, you, you know what you said about these uh, uh, various things that are inherent in prostitution, these bad things that are inherent in prostitution, and we all know it. And I know these people that are make, going to want to make this law is going to use the argument that if we make this law, at least we can somehow control these bad things. Um, and and uh, what do you think about that? Because uh, I, I, a lot of these people that are pro uh, uh, legalization of, of, of prostitution, uh, that's one of the arguments that they use, you know, is all these things that are happening there in the dark, if we legalize it, their argument is all of a sudden these things can come into the light and we can control it and we can help these people in some way. But I think that's a fallacy. That's a complete and complete wrong way to look at it because these, those things are never to get in, going to get into the open. Mm. Uh, what's, what's your take on that? Well, Fricky, I think you're exactly right. It is a complete fallacy. Um, if we say something is inherently harmful, then it, it, its harms will accompany, accompany it irrespective of the legal regime. Yes. So the legal regime at best is a way to send a message that this is harmful and this is wrong and then the state takes notice and the state should allocate resources to try to prevent this harm. Yes. Um, in jurisdictions in other countries where prostitution has been fully decriminalized or legalized, what they have found is that the harms of prostitution, it continues because it will be wherever prostitution takes place. The mm. people who benefit most, the research finds, are the people who exploit the, the persons in prostitution. These yes. are pimps mm. and brothel owners. So basically the people mm. who monetize and commoditize other human beings, they are making, it's, you know, it's a better environment for them. That's and it, yeah. in, in some countries where they have legal, um, the legalized regime, you will have basically the, the legal prostitution where there are still harms and it kind of because the law doesn't call it illegal anymore 
um, some of these uh, persons in prostitution has said that the buyers become more brazen, they become more aggressive. Yes. Um, but but there's an illegal sector that continues and actually grows, and it's linked to more child prostitution, which is actually trafficking, yeah. and it's linked to more adult sex trafficking as well. It's linked to an increase in, in other bad things. So mm. legalization, it it. it the only way that it brings crime down is that it, you know, now it's not being counted as a crime, but it's still happening. The exploitation is still happening, but in yeah. a way, maybe a blind eye is now being turned because it's legal. Yeah. But it's still horrible what's happening out there. Yeah. And That's we can't have the law, you know, um, saying some, we can't legalize any aspect of the sexual exploitation industry because it sends the message that, you know, it's okay to sexually exploit a person. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. And one thing that that you know we've also been saying is that with with the current law in our country, the actual victims are the ones that suffer under the law and under the um, authorities. Um, I think that is one of the reasons why so many of those within the prostitution. Um, uh, industry or system wants it completely decriminalized because um, you know the authorities the police etc seem to hammer on them but in the meantime they don't notice that these ladies within the prostitution system many of them are victims if mm -hmm. not all of them mm. so what we are saying um, and what we are trying to push is that the sex buyers are the ones that, if you want to say, they are the ones that need to be gunned down. Yeah, I, <laughs> they I've, are the I've, ones I've, that we need yeah, to aim I've, I've for. I've got a very interesting story here, if I may interject here <laughs> with this very interesting yes. story. I lived in a town once, and we had a terrible prostitution problem. And we had this... Uh, uh, white knight this white this knight in shining armor that uh, went uh, at night and he stationed himself because you all know you know these prostitutes they've got their corners and they've got their places where they congregate and the clients know where it is and they will go there and this guy used to take his telephoto lenses and he used to go and sit there and take photographs of these buyers as much as he can and then the registration number on their cars and then he used to post that on social media nobody ever knew who this person was okay so nobody could do anything to him because he did it under a, a, a fake account but this was the best thing that ever happened to that town <laughs> yeah because it stopped just like that that's wonderful yeah that is absolutely Bring it wonderful into the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there are various creative ways that we can get involved. <laughs> anyway, um, Lisa, I want to ask you, you know, when, um, when you think of prostitution, there's actually, there's a link to pornography as well. They both impact one another. Um, can, you, can you touch on that for us, please? Definitely, but I just want to say on addressing demand, Fricky, like you said, it's so important. If there isn't demand That's it, um, yeah. for, for exploiting other persons sexually, yeah. then the whole sexual exploitation industry will come to a grinding halt. Yeah. So we need to address demand. And we need to, if, if law enforcement, law enforcement in terms of current law, are not allowed to violate the human rights of, of, of members of the public, mm. and that includes persons in prostitution. So that needs to be addressed in the strongest terms. It's mm. a, but, and, and there should be a focus on, address, on addressing demand. That's very true. Yeah. The link between prostitution and pornography, a lot of people will say that, that pornography is just often just prostitution that's been filmed. Um, because pornography is also a form of, of uh, you know, it also depicts a person as, a, as a, just as a sex object for the sex, sexual gratification of another, it dehumanizes a human being. Mm -hmm. And how pornography and prostitution is linked is that there's often pornography made of persons in prostitution and persons who have been sex trafficked. So yeah. you have the, the physical act, the actual physical act of sexual exploitation, mm -hmm. and then you have the recording, and the recording gets sold, it gets monetized. 
And then yeah. that person is abused again and again and again every time that recording is watched. Yeah. A, a lot of people, there's research that some persons who watch pornography, not all, but some persons who watch pornography, um, the pornography becomes their sex education, it grooms them. Mm. They will typically, as they become addicted, because it's a highly addictive um, um, substance, pornography, you can see it as a, as a substance and it's highly addictive mm. and how that addiction typically works is they want more um, heinous forms of pornography and some of these people will go out and they will get somebody to act out what they see in that pornographic material and a lot a lot of what is in mainstream pornography today is just sexual violence even torture the researchers tell us and where will they find somebody to act that out often a person in prostitution or a victim of sex trafficking. Yes. And then, again, pornography is made of that victim. And pornography is also used to groom children. It's used to groom, to show persons in prostitution and sex trafficking victims what will be expected of them. Yeah. So that's why you can't really separate. Uh, a, a researcher recently said that, especially now in the online era and especially with COVID and we, you know, we were locked down and in our houses and a lot of things have moved online even more. It's like pornography and sex trafficking has merged and it has moved online. Mm. You can't, mm. so if you, and, and, and a lot of people, when you see a pornographic film, you don't know whether that person has actually consented. Yes. Is that a victim of prostitution? Is that a victim of sex trafficking? You don't know. So it's like if you watch that, you, you might be, kind of giving a nod to people being exploited yes um, and those things like i said they are definitely linked and they drive each other in this nightmare nightmarish you know mutually enforcing you know way definitely okay yeah very interesting very very interesting uh Liesl, we're going to take a break i think what we're going to do we're going to listen to two songs quickly okay, uh, justin timberlake anna kendrick anderson <laughs> peak anthony ramos I don't know who they all are. They're singing Science Sealed and Delivered. I'm yours. I don't know if that's the version I know. <laughs> and then also Katy Perry, All I Need Is Love. So we're going to say goodbye to you for the length of those songs. And then we're going to phone you back once we get back online again. Is that fine with you, Liesl? Yes, Ricky, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be back with you just now. Uh, listeners, if you want to interact with us, please, you can... Call us on 071 or you can send us a message on WhatsApp on 071-233-5705 to uh, give us your take on this very, very important and very interesting topic. Okay, some music coming up. Daar sy, ons is terug op die licht in ons gesels verochend met Tersha de Klerk. Tersha de Klerk from the Joseph Project. And we are talking every Friday morning. Uh, we've got a date with Tasha here in the studio, either in the studio or over the phone, and we talk all things human trafficking, which is a very, very, very important uh, topic. Uh, we're going to get uh, Liesl back on the line quickly. Thank you, Fricky. Yes, so I know some people get confused with our name. It's the Joseph Movement. Oh, <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, while we're waiting for for Liesl, um, we are very I easily think, accessible. I think I'm phoning you again. Yeah. <laughs> oh Freaky, dear, you know, now. <laughs> old age. Old age is a terrible thing. You uh, can't let people know that I've shared my number with you, hey? there's it yeah we can phone Liesl from yeah okay just people can follow us on social media so we are very very active on social media and it's it's also one way to get involved you know follow the Joseph movement on social media and like and share our posts because in that way you're helping us create awareness yes and I also also want to tell people that they could go every Monday on uh, uh, our, our, our website or on Spotify and you can find the previous Friday's podcast, this whole conversation we've got here, we also upload as a podcast. Liesl, are you there? Yes, uh, <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Welcome back, Liesl. Liesl, so I want to now go into more of the legal side of things, which you are very much a pro on. 
And I want you to please explain to our listeners um, why it is that currently all aspects of prostitution or the prostitution industry is actually criminalized. Can you explain that to us, please? Well, the law, first of all, there are, the, there are two reasons, main reasons, why you would criminalize something. Um, it is because it is it, is, it um, offends human rights, so it violates human rights. That's the one reason. Hmm. Um, and when the Constitutional Court in this case of State versus Jordan was asked to make a ruling on whether the criminalization of prostitution was constitutional, the court found that it was um, constitutional or, and is constitutional hmm. because it is this human rights violation of dignity and equality and prostitution. And typically, there are men in prostitution, but it's typically women in prostitution. And so it speaks about, you know, um, you know, gender issues in our society as well and the exploitation of women. Yes. So they said it is constitutional to have it criminalized, legally speaking, from that cold human, I don't say cold, but, you know, from the very human rights perspective. The other reason is public policy considerations. Hmm. Um, it is a valid constitutional imperative and also an imperative for government to do things and promote that which you know, helps our society flourish and be healthy and promotes human development. Yes. And in, in for that reason, they can limit activities and criminalize the, act, those activities that would be detrimental to society or its members. Sexual exploitation is detrimental to society and its members, firstly because it's a human rights violation. Yeah. And, and also because of what it does to the individual involved in sexual exploitation, their families and communities. Mm. So that gives a sufficient, that's the legal reason why you would criminalize certain behavior. For example, harm, very harmful drugs. That's mm. why murder is criminalized. Because yes, it's exactly. harmful to individuals and community and society as a whole. Exactly. It's not the kind of society that we want to be. And I think that is that is exactly what we need to emphasize is that it is harmful. I think there are many people out there that don't realize um, what we've just discussed, that it is in fact harmful. Uh, there are people on the other side of the fence that argue that, you know, it is a form of income. Um, they would argue that sex work is work. <laughs> And um, and they try to enforce their arguments using, um, you know, the 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 low employment rates within South Africa. So, what do you have to say to people like that that would use that kind of argument? I would say that sex prostitution is not work. Mm. That's why we don't use the term sex work. We talk we call yes. it prostitution, so that we we are real about what it is work has an element of dignity in it. Exactly. Um, the International Labour Organization does not recognize prostitution as work or, or decent form of work because you are basically selling part of your body. Um, and if you look at the circumstances, if you look at an employment contract perspective, it's, very, it's, it's, not, it's not the same as normal employment. If you have a normal employment contract, your boss can say to you, but mm. or your employer can say, I want you to do this, and they can sue you to do that thing if you don't under certain circumstances. You can't do that with a person in prostitution if they want to refuse to do some anus, heinous yes. sexual act. You can't force them to do that. Yes. And the rates of abuse, physical, verbal, um, abuse and violence in any other work environment, it would have been harassment. It would have been criminal if exactly. somebody treated you like that. Yes. And look at the dangers of the work circumstances, mm. the levels of um, illnesses, um, HIV, AIDS, STDs, mm. post-traumatic stress, so physiological and psychological impact. Mm. What work environment does that to you? Yeah. And in jurisdictions where it has been legalized and it's been regulated, um, the work benefits don't actually actually actualize for persons and prostitutions because most 
of those yes. persons of prostitution says, well, they don't want to register as prostitutes or tell people that they are a person of prostitution because then mm. they lose their un- an- anonymity. Yes. Um, and you had this absurd situation in Germany. Mm. In Germany, prostitution is, is legalized and it's seen as a form of work. Mm. And there was a woman and she, I think she was in programming and she lost a job. And so she could apply for another um, for another job, and she said, "Well, she's open to work with uh, uh, outside her very specific sector." And how it works in Germany: if they give you a job opportunity, mm. they find a job opportunity for you, and you refuse it, they can take away your social your income grant that you get as an unemployed person. So she she got this job um, offer, and she went for the interview, and she realized it's it's prostitution, and she refused to. Oh, she goodness. didn't want to prostitute herself. Yes. And she was faced with this potential situation. I think hopefully she avoided it because it would have been absurd. Mm. But either prostitute herself or lose her employment benefits, mm. unemployment benefits. Yeah. That it's not work. Exploitation cannot be work. Exactly. If you say exploitation is work, you can say that slavery is work. Yes. And that's exactly. absurd. Mm. Mm. I think a lot of these words, like sex workers today, is is to take the edge off. To, to make things not sound so bad or to not make those people look so bad in the eyes of the public. So we use That's all right. these 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 uh, 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 nice words to describe things which are actually very bad. Yes, exactly. It sanitizes it. It sanitizes yes. it. And a lot mm. of persons in prostitution will say that they don't like that term because mm. it's not work. Exactly. And, and people need to, no, the public needs to I don't think the public always knows what's happening on the ground because mm. you hear what some groups are saying and then you speak to a lot of persons in prostitutions and, and researchers who work on the ground and they paint a very different picture where people say, I would not have chosen this lifestyle if I had if I had other opportunities. Yeah. No girl, little girl dreams of you know, dreams of growing up and I want to be a person in prostitution one day. Exactly. And and prostitution is not a viable economic choice for persons in poverty in South Africa and it doesn't yeah. lift people out of poverty. That's right. Exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. In, in, uh, instead it leads mm. to so many other things, bad things mm. th- uh, that yes. uh, these people can get involved in or can get exploited with. Yes, yes. And it doesn't uplift our economy. It doesn't add value yeah. to our economy whether um, just in general or even financially. While you were talking now, Liesl, I was thinking of um, if you're if you're a person within the prostitution system, what do you tell your children when you when you're off to work? You know, it also it also boils down to that. Like you say, many of them don't like that term. They don't like being called prostitutes, and I'm sure that they don't like being called um, a person working within the prostitution industry either. Um, so that is actually a very interesting point. It just shows you where those people are um, emotionally as well mm. and, and spiritually even. So I want to ask you, Liesl, um, when it comes to pornography, and as we know that whether, whether you are there willingly or by force, um, what would the impact actually be on pornography if this prostitution um, matter is ever legalized, um, especially um, full decrim? What would the impact be on pornography? I think we will see a, a sharp um, rise, yes. in the, uh, increase in pornography. Um, because if it is, is if it is legalized, those who profit from the ex- sexual exploitation of others, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's even less incentive for them not to do it, because mm-hmm. now it's legalized. And one researcher said that pornographers are specialized pimps, and yeah. because the pornography is a multi-billion-dollar industry, mm. and you know, for example, just. Pornhub in 2019, Pornhub is a big mainstream pornography website, it's one of many, but it's the biggest one. In 2019, they had over 42 billion visits. That's 115 million visits per day. And they have been found to have child sexual abuse material, that's a better term for child pornography, on that website. Um, 
material of, of persons who were raped and, and in contact with them and asked them to take it down. It took six months to get it down and the poor victim had to pretend to be an attorney to get a response from them. Yeah. So that will only increase. And, as, and pornography is a kind of, you know, we all know that we're influenced by what we take in. So if pornography increases, it's going to drive more forms of sexual exploitation. Pornography mm. leads to aggressive behavior. Mm -hmm. So a person who watches pornography, not every single one of them, but um, it does affect behavior. Yes. They will be, that, that person typically will more, be more aggressive to their, their intimate partner mm. and is more likely to seek out, you know, persons in prostitution say that, when you speak of trafficking victims, there usually is pornography somewhere there. Yes. It's connected. You can't separate it out. Mm -hmm. So it will make these other forms of sexual exploitation even worse. And mm -hmm. as victims have said, every this one victim said, you know, she's not in prostitution anymore. Mm -hmm. But videos of her prostitution, of her sexual exploitation is still out there. And mm -hmm. she's being victimized over and over again mm -hmm. every yeah. time that video is watched. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very, very important for us to actually realize um, I'm often faced with arguments about around the pornography topic that how on earth can you say, like, you know, laughing, laughing, that pornography is addictive. But without a doubt, it is because it does work on, um, it affects or releases your dopamine hormones within your brain. Mm. Mm. And, you know, just just general um, research, if you go read general research, obviously from reliable resources, you will you will see the scientific link there. And I just want to take this opportunity and just, I won't go into detail, but just say to um, the listeners that I had a loved one who actually fell prey to pornography. And that person constantly went back and back and eventually um, became addicted to it mm -hmm. to such a point that I saw firsthand the physical and emotional effects it had on him. He became so addicted that he couldn't sit in a conversation for even 10 minutes and have a meaningful conversation. And what that eventually caused, it has so many ripple effects, you know, your concentration levels um, just go um, down dramatically. He couldn't keep a, a employment for very long. Um, obviously, it affected his various relationships and so forth. And eventually, with all these debilitating effects, he actually committed suicide. And so I'm just mentioning this because the impact of pornography is real. It is not innocent entertainment. And I'm wanting to mention it, Liesl, because we are talking about the victim in front of the camera. But when I talk about pornography, I always like to just re-emphasize the fact that there are always two victims, the one in front of the camera and the one um, in front of the screen. So that is something that's very important. Um, just to know that, you know, when you're viewing pornography and you're allowing yourself to keep going back, besides the fact that you are consenting to the actual abuse that is happening on that screen, you are mm. actually making yourself more and more vulnerable to fall prey to this, um, this substance that is so extremely um, addictive. Because we see, you know, with more and more consumption of pornography, people are wanting something that gives them that high. Mm -hmm. Their body yeah. gets so used to it. Mm -hmm. And then they, 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 they search for the more extreme forms of pornography. Mm -hmm. And then obviously it also comes down to the acting it out, as Liesl pointed out. Liesl, it has been such a pleasure to have you. It's so nice to speak to a real professional <laughs> that's on the ground fighting from a legal perspective which we really truly need especially during this time where we are facing um, our governments considering um, the full decrim of prostitution 
Is there anything else that, um, or any last words from your side, Liesl, that you would like to just emphasize for the listeners? I think what the listeners need to be awake to is that there's a certain narrative in the media that that might be very for full decriminalization, but Mm. people working on the ground and, you know, dig deeper. Yeah. And if you mm. want more information, contact us, dig deeper and mm-hmm. see what the real impact is. Um, the researchers on the ground, persons in prostitution, are telling, uh, they're telling a different story, that this is a form of sexual exploitation and it needs to be stopped. Mm. Um, we cannot allow it and de- full decriminalization would be disastrous. We need to address the demand. We cannot abolish pornography, prostitution, sex trafficking separately or independently. We can only do so together. We need to basically take down the whole sexual exploitation industry because as as a country, if we say we value human dignity and equality Mm. and and we do not want to see anybody abused or exploited, this is not something that that we can give a nod to and say, oh, well, you know, it's okay or it's a form of work for people. For some people yeah. and often very vulnerable and marginalized people know yes. exploitation is not okay exploitation is never okay and it mm. needs to be addressed and stopped to the fullest extent of the law definitely we're in full agreement thank you liesel anything from you fricky thank you very much liesel this was very informative very interesting thank you so much thank you for again dasha Thank you for being with us, Liesl, and we'll speak again soon. God bless you. Bye. Okay, and that was Tarsha de Klerk from the Joseph Movement. And uh, every Friday morning, she's in the studio at 9 o'clock, and she's talking about human trafficking, which is a very, very, very important subject, as you just heard. It is something that is happening around us every day and each day, and it's hidden. We don't know about it, and we need this activism to put this, to hang this banner out in the open so that people can see this is happening, Mm, and it's happening constantly, and it's got very, very, very bad effects on a lot of people. Yes, thank you, Fricky. Most definitely. We... That is the whole idea of this program, is just yes. to make people more aware of really what human trafficking looks like so that you can identify it, you know. we yes. I do believe that each of us um, come across it often during our lifetime. Yeah. And in most cases, we don't actually yes. know how to identify it. So if we can identify it, and if you're only suspicious of a situation, mm. You can report it to our National Human Trafficking Hotline. You don't even have to be 100% sure. Just phone the hotline number, report it. You can phone anonymously. And um, they have people on the ground who will collect data and then it will flow over to an investigation. And then that is when the hawks step in. Can you just give us that number again? Yes, it's 0800 777. That's it. Yes. I forgot it from the last time. It's but a now it's back in yes, my mind again. Yeah, yes. 800 777. It can't oh, be easier. Easy number. Yeah. Yes. Tasha, thank you so very much. Uh, it's a, always an honor to have you in the studio with us or even to talk to you on the phone. Oh, thank you. About this very, very, very necessary topic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frick. I appreciate it.